There it was. We get one of those weeks every single year. And there it was for us in 2019. Wow, what a turd. Stank so bad it pushed me all the way into Wednesday. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by my incredible friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week 11 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2019 NFL regular season and postseason. And as I said, week 10 was really bad, pretty well across the board. I mean, I'll put it to you this way. If you hit 500 last week, God bless you. Like, I mean, if you were seven and six, you were in the very high percentile of picking results from last week. I personally only went five and eight straight up in week 10. And that is brutally, brutally bad. And just, again, just one of those weeks that like every season we get one. We get one where there's a ridiculous amount of upsets or the upsets that seem obvious don't wind up panning out. Just one of those weeks where everybody does horribly. I'm 88-59-1 and one straight up on the season, which is not a terrible position to be in. And actually starting next week, I'm going to start comparing and contrasting between this season and last. Against the spread and on the totals, I mean, it was a week reflective of the straight up picks. Against the spread only went 4-8-1 and one. On the totals, only went 5 and 8. So I'm only 66, 79, and 1 against the spread. And still one game over 500 on the totals, 73 and 72 with three pushes. Uh, the Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze, again, reflection of what happened in uh, the straight-up picks as a whole. Now, I swept the Platinum pick, and that was the good one. That was Baltimore over Cincinnati. Baltimore absolutely clobbers division rival Cincinnati, 49-13, to which was a straight-up against the spread and over-under win for me. Told you to go over 45.5. Baltimore cleared that on their own. The other three picks, I completely whiffed on. I got them all wrong straight up. I had New Orleans over Atlanta. I had the Chargers over Oakland. And I had Kansas City over Tennessee. All of those games did not work out. Now, at least the uh, Chargers and Chiefs losses were only by three and two points, respectively. The Saints get absolutely clobbered by the Falcons. And, and the Falcons got rewarded for that by losing two of their biggest offensive weapons. But that, that was just such a weird week. Obviously, I had all the favorites, so all the spread picks lost. And I didn't even hit one of the totals. So you know what? Just a bad week. We're ready to kind of wipe our hands of it and move on. But taking a peek at the Bridgewater's Finest and official NFL YouTube prognosticators pick'em pools, like as bad as I did, I moved up in both of those pools. Just a reflection of how poorly everyone was across the board in week 10. So in the Bridgewater's Finest pool, I move up to 13th now out of 37. That moves up just a single spot, but still it's going in the right direction. 769 out of 1,174 possible confidence points. That's a season clip of 66%, despite bringing in just 26 of my 91 possible confidence points in week 10. 29% gross 
But shout out to our Week 10 winner, Teddy Ted, who went 8-5 and five in Week 13, which is an excellent mark. It was only 49 of the 91 possible confidence points, so it was only a clip of 54%, but that was good enough to win this pool with uh, almost 40 people in it, which, again... That's just how the week went. Justin V remains our overall leader. 92, 55, and 1 straight up. So four picks straight up better than I am on the season. 820 out of 1,174 possible confidence points. And that is that championship clip of 70%. But even if you look at that, I mean, last week he was at 73%. So he lost three percentage points just in that one week. In the official NFL YouTube prognosticators pool, I moved into the top 10. I'm now in a tie for 10th place out of 36, and that's a jump of four spots from last week. So I have my 88 straight up correct picks this season in the 148 games that have been played. That does have me now under 60%. I'm only at 59% straight up. I'd like that number to be closer to 70. I realize I'll have to, I'd have to almost win out, <laughs> I think, to get to that number. So we're not likely to get to that number this season, but we want that number to be as high as it can possibly be. Only brought in five of the 13 games correct. Obviously, that's only a clip of 38%. Not very good. But shout out to our Week 10 winner picked last, who went 9-4. and four. That was the best mark that I saw all week. Somebody going 9-4 and four in that absolutely brutal week. It's a clip of 69%. It's good enough to win Week 10. Rel Eagles Fly remains the overall leader. However, he has now been joined by Bubsy's picks. They both have 94 correct straight up picks out of the 148 games played so far. That's only a clip of 64%. And to this point, it's the best that our community has to offer. Just a reflection of how difficult this season actually has been. So shout out to Teddy Ted and Picked Last for winning Week 10. And for Justin V, Rel Eagles Fly, and Bubsy's picks for leading the pools. But as I put on Twitter a little earlier this week, if there was any silver lining to week 10, it was how I did in fantasy. So we're going to take a peek into Fantasy Corner to see how my eight fantasy football teams did in week 10 action. And I ran the table. Eight and oh in week 10. Obviously, it was a brutal week for buys with six teams on buy last week. I ran the table. Eight and and oh, and that's what preparation gets you folks when you're playing fantasy football. In the Professionals Dynasty Pool and in the official NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, I guess pool and league, they're both they're both fantasy football leagues, you know this. I, again, picked up wins, beat the Tomorrowland Movers, that is Chris Carter in the Professionals Dynasty League. And in the Progs League, I beat Scrote Squad, which is Billy B. So I'm 8-2 and two in my league, the Professionals Dynasty League, that has me all alone in second place. Actually, sorry, a tie for second place in that pool and I'm at nine and one in the progs league which has me all alone in first place I've got week 11 matchups coming up with Mayfield of Dreams in the Professionals Dynasty League, which is one of the best fantasy football names I have ever seen, and against Half Moon's Picks in the uh, NFL YouTube Progs League. So thank you so much to Chris and Billy for the matchups in week 10, and I hope to duplicate my success in week 11 against Mayfield of Dreams and Half Moon's Picks. 
And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video file on YouTube or of the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts like this one, you can find all of my results from week 10, as if you'd want to look at them, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 11 in the NFL. You're going to find information on joining both the Bridgewater's Finest and official NFL YouTube prognosticators pick'em pools for this season of 2019 never too late to join the pools put your picks up head to head against mine and the best in this community if you win you get shouted out on the show you will also find information on joining the nfl youtube prognosticators facebook page where we talk football all week long and you will find information on my great friends and sponsors at nerd tees you know with christmas coming if only there was a place that you could find delicious, delicious tea for excellent prices. Somebody that would have a promo code for them. <sighs> you know, people can dream. Nerdtease.ca, folks. You know where I'm sending you. Nerdtease.ca, promo code BWFINEST. That's going to save you your 15% at checkout. You're going to get your free shipping in Canada on an order over 75 bucks. You're also going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar if you're one of my listeners, my many listeners, from the United States of America. Today's blend is Japanese orange cooler. I think I might only have maybe one more cup left of this in terms of like the loose tea that I have so I may be ordering a second uh, second bag I actually really enjoy this blend there are a bunch dozens and dozens and dozens of different tea blends that you can find on nerdtease.ca for any taste palette nerdtease.ca promo code BWFINEST save your money get your free shipping find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love just in time for the holidays you can do it at nerdtease.ca but hurry up folks because you never know when one of my favorite blends or something that might be your next favorite blend you never know when it might sell out okay so given that the show is already a day late i'm gonna make these picks relatively quick you're not going to need an analytics miner to follow the show this week. Uh, I'm going very much on gut instinct, taking into account where we sit kind of in the playoff picture. Because, it, I mean, it's never too re early, really, especially not at this point in the season. Once you hit double-digit weeks, you really got to start looking at the playoff situation. And I'm, in particular, paying attention to the wildcard situations in both conferences. Right now, it's going to take a lower record in the AFC to sneak into the playoffs as like that number six seed, the second wild card, than it will in the NFC. The NFC has been very strong at the top this season. Like right now, the AFC wild cards are six and three and five and four. So, I mean, even if you're a team like Cleveland, that's a few games under 500, you're not out of this in terms of that second wild card spot. In the NFC, it's going to take a lot more. Right now, they're eight and two and seven and three. Those are the two wildcard spots. You might need 12 wins to make the playoffs in the NFC. But with that in mind, let's look at our 14 game slate in week 11. Speaking of Cleveland, we are going to start in Cleveland where the Browns are going to play host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I mentioned, Cleveland only three and six on the season, but they did win last week. Pittsburgh, after starting the season one and four, have reeled off four consecutive wins, and they're certainly not out of things in terms of 
even the division. I mean, they're right there in the wild card picture at five and four. But I mean, Baltimore is only two games ahead of them at seven and two. And Baltimore is in tough this week against a good Houston Texans team that's leading their division. So, I mean, a Baltimore loss and a Pittsburgh win, all of a sudden the Steelers are only one game behind in the division. Quite a number of divisional matchups in the league this week. So basically for these division matchups, I'm going to take a little extra second here and just talk about what has happened with those two teams over the last 10 head-to-head matchups. Please bear in mind, the last 10 head-to-head matchups is basically the last five years of play. A lot of things can change in five years, but it's worth taking a look at and worth allowing to have at least some kind of influence on the way you go this week. Perfect example of that. Last 10 head-to-head matchups between Pittsburgh and Cleveland, Steelers have won eight of them and one of them tied. So that's eight one and one over the last 10 straight up in favor of Pittsburgh. Not a lot of money to be made betting against the Steelers straight up. Cleveland, however, against the spread, slight edge here at 5-4-1 in the last 10 head-to-head matchups, and the totals have been absolute even money at 5-5. I enjoyed the way the Browns deployed Kareem Hunt in that game last week. Couple of carries, couple of catches. He was involved in their offense. I expect to see him become more so as he becomes more accustomed, gets back up to speed. Quite frankly, at the end of the day, I just don't trust Baker Mayfield. I really don't. And I mean, this you know, the Browns are only one and three at home. They've only won one of their four home games. The, the you know, the dog pound is supposed to be this big home field advantage. They're one and three. So I, I just plain don't trust Baker Mayfield, at least not right now. I don't think this Browns team on either side of the football is good enough to win consecutive games. So I got to lean on the Steelers here. I'm going to take the trends or most of the trends. We're going to grab Pittsburgh on the road in Cleveland to pick up their fifth consecutive win. On the line, Browns are two and a half point favorites at home. I kind of expected this line to be closer to a pick'em. So if you're going to give me those two and a half points on the team that I legitimately think is the better team, I will just say thank you very much and take Pittsburgh plus 2.5. Total in the game set at exactly 40 points. I think this is pretty close to a perfect total and there are a number of those this week. This is more of a lean, I guess, if anything, but I think I got to stay under on it. I just don't see a ton of points coming out of this game. I think the defenses kind of try to turn it on here a little bit. So I'm going to stick under on 40 points, even though it's a low total. Under 40 in Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Let's go Steelers 21, Browns 18. We're going to go to Detroit now where the Lions are going to play host to the Dallas Cowboys. And both of these teams come into this football game off of losses. Actually, Detroit has lost two straight. You got the Cowboys at five and four, technically leading that division, quote unquote. But I mean, Philadelphia is right there with them. That is still neck and neck anybody's game. Lions are three, five and one. Like I said, losers of two straight games. I guess you could look at this as a do or die game for the Detroit Lions in terms of like playoff aspirations. But I mean, like we just pointed out in the NFC, it's going to take probably double digits at the very least to get into the playoffs. So I mean, Detroit at nine games already probably has to win out and try to get some help. And at 10-5-1, maybe they make it in as the sixth seed. 
if you want to look at it like it's a do or die game i totally understand that i get it however the team on the other side the dallas cowboys like i said definitely need this game way more than the detroit lions do because philadelphia is right there and with these two teams at five and four whoever doesn't win this division is certainly no lock to get into the playoffs the big question mark here for me, obviously, is the big question mark for everybody else. It's who's going to be playing quarterback for Detroit. Uh, Driscoll played a fairly decent game. He threw the ball more than I would have wanted to see him throw the ball. But Matt Stafford, I mean, obviously suffered his little his back fracture. And it's apparently unrelated to the same injury or very close to the same injury that he had last season, which he basically played through for the most part. But there's been absolutely nothing reported on his availability even to practice, much less to play in a football game. I would not be surprised to see another start by Jeff Driscoll. And I mean, if they lose that game... I mean, shut him down. Like, why not shut Stafford down for the rest of the year? Make sure he can come back to training camp next season as healthy and as prepared as possible. So, I, again, I just don't expect to see Matt Stafford. And I think Detroit's key to beating the Dallas Cowboys would have to come through Matt Stafford. If he doesn't play or if he's less than 100%, got to take the Cowboys in this one. Let's take Dallas on the road in Detroit. Second straight road team. Here we go again. I like Dallas to beat the Lions. On the line, Dallas are four and a half point favorites on the road in Detroit, which I completely understand. If this game was in Dallas, that number would be closer to seven and a half, eight, something like that. Um, it's under a touchdown, and without knowing specifically who or in what capacity is going to be playing at the quarterback position for Detroit, I think I have to take that number. I can't blame you if you want to hedge here, but I think I got to take that. I'm going to lay those four and a half points. Go Dallas minus 4.5. Total in the game set at 49. I do have this game at a high 50. I expect a lot out of Dallas. Again, that was a somewhat of an embarrassing loss by the Cowboys last week. I certainly did not expect them to get beaten in that game at home against a Minnesota team that had an injury, back-to-back -back road games. I definitely expected Dallas to win that game. So I think Dallas comes out with something to prove in this one. I think they put up quite a bit of points. Detroit will try to keep pace. We're going to go over on this one. I got a cap at a high 50. Over 49 in Dallas, Detroit. Let's take Cowboys 36, Lions 22. Let's go to Indianapolis now. Colts taking on a Jacksonville Jaguars team coming into the game off of their bye week. Jacksonville at four and five, Indianapolis at five and four. Obviously, this is a division matchup. Both of these teams lost last time they were on a football field. Colts have lost two straight. And kind of the same with Detroit. My big question mark here, obviously, is going to be the quarterback position for the Colts because we don't know whether Jacoby Brissett is going to play or not. Now, Brian Hoyer did not exactly look great last week. Again, another winnable game that I thought Indianapolis could win didn't work out that way if it's Jacoby Brissett I feel really good about them this week and again it looks like Nick Foles is going to return to the starting quarterback position what are we going to get from Nick Foles hasn't played in a long time what was it since the opening week another division matchup here so in the last 10 five and five straight up these teams have been trading wins for the last few years is worth noting Jacksonville 7-2-1 and one against the spread in the last 10 against Indianapolis the matchups have also gone six and four to the under. 
And those are really the two things that are driving me here. It's the fact that, well, Jacksonville's more well-rested and we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for Indianapolis. It is very difficult for me to pick with a team who I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. So we're going to go Jacksonville in this one. Let's see what Nick Foles has after being off for that extended period of time. Obviously, my stance on it, I've made that public and I've made that clear. I don't think Gardner Minshew should have lost this job, but... If we're going to see Nick Foles, let's see what Nick Foles can do. I'm going to take the Jags here on the road in Indianapolis to beat the Colts. On the line, Colts are three-point favorites, and I have a, a little bit of an issue with that at least when you don't know who the quarterback is going to be. Like, let's assume it is Jacoby Brissett. If it's Jacoby Brissett, he's probably not 100%. So I don't think laying three points on a team with a quarterback that has at least a relative re-injury risk is a smart play. So I think I'd be hedging here one way or the other, but I like the Jags to win. So obviously I'm going to take those points. Let's take Jacksonville plus three. Total in the game set at 44 points. Another one that I think is pretty darn close to a perfect total. This one was a true coin flip to me. Like at least with Pittsburgh, Cleveland, I had my lean, which was kind of then supported by the research I did after the fact. But this is a real coin flip one way or the other. I guess I'll lean on that six and four to the under trend and say that it stays under the 44 points. Let's see the Jags defense maybe step up and play a little better we're going to take jacksonville 23 indianapolis 20 game stays under 44. let's go to tampa bay now for another division matchup the three and six bucks who were winners last week play host to the seven and two new orleans saints who lost again what was to me anyway a relatively inexplicable loss against atlanta Bucks, you could basically put in that same category with Detroit, where if you want to look at this like it's a must win game, I can understand that. If the Bucks win out, they get to 10 and 6. Is 10 and 6 good enough to make the wild card? I have my reservations about that, certainly in the NFC. But if you want to look at it that way, I can't really blame you. New Orleans at 7 and 2, they're still in the driver's seat in this division. I think they have a two-game edge in the division is it two games or is it just one it is a two-game edge over carolina who's at five and four carolina obviously has an important game this week as well but the saints do still kind of control their own destiny here where they may only need to get to 10 or 11 wins so maybe they don't look at this like it's a must-win game but i mean back-to-back -back division games against opponents that you should beat Last 10 head-to-head -head Saints, 6-4 and four straight up. The spreads have split evenly at 5-5, five and five, and the matchups are 6-4 and four to the under. But it is worth noting that on the Saints' defense, Marshawn Lattimore, who most people are sort of looking at as a front-runner or certainly a possible candidate for a defensive MVP, is not likely to play in this game. He suffered a hamstring injury. It was originally like, oh, he injured his thigh, but it's a hamstring injury. Ian Rapoport is reporting that he is week to week is what he's looking like. So that is a hit on that uh, on that Saints secondary. And if you notice, if you watched the game last week, as soon as Lattimore came out of the game, Julio Jones had a 54-yard reception, like the next play. So that's how teams shy away from a great cornerback and try to abuse a replacement level player. Uh, I don't necessarily know that the Bucks will 
make that same magic. Now, I mean, maybe look, that's no disrespect to Jameis Winston and Mike Evans because that's just, that's exactly what's going to happen here. Lattimore would draw the Mike Evans assignment. He's not going to be able to in this game. Tampa Bay has weapons that will probably be able to exploit that Saints secondary. To me, it's not enough to win because this Saints team wasn't 7-1 and one heading into last week or 7-2 and two heading into this week for nothing. Have to believe that was a blip on the radar. So even though the game's in Tampa Bay, we're going to take New Orleans here. Let's take the Saints on the road in Tampa Bay. That's four straight road teams for those keeping track at home. Let's take the Saints to beat the Bucks. On the line, the Bucks are five and a half point dogs at home, which might be a number that looks weird to some people. Tampa Bay has not covered against the spread at home this year. They are 0 and 3. I think with where this is under a touchdown, and I still legitimately think the Saints are one of the best teams in the NFC. I think I have to take that because there's going to be situations where I'm not going to get that luxury and New Orleans is going to be minus nine and a half and minus 10 and whatever. And I'm going to want to take them, but I'm going to be like, oh God, you know, I feel much less confident about that number. So we're going to lay those points. We're going to take the Saints minus five and a half on the road in Tampa. Total in the game set at 50 points. I have this capped at like a mid 50. So I feel pretty good about telling you to take the over in this one. We're going to go over 50 points in Saints Bucks. Let's go New Orleans 31, Tampa Bay 24. Let's go to Washington now. Skins enter this matchup coming off of their bye week as they play host to the New York Jets. And this is kind of a bit of a toilet bowl game. I mean, this is two teams that have only combined to win three games this season. Now, granted, the Jets did win last week. Washington has dropped three straight games, and it's worth noting both of the Jets' wins this year have come against the NFC East. They beat the Giants, and they beat Dallas. Both of those games, of course, were in New York. They also played Philadelphia in Philadelphia and got blown out. This is very simply, and I'm not going to waste any more time really on this game. This is a hold your nose and pick the underdog game. Hold your nose and take the points. And the Jets come into this game as the underdog just by a single point, but they still come in as the underdog. Anything can happen in the game. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take the Jets on the road in Washington to beat the Redskins. Who knows if Cincinnati wins a game, Washington could be right there for the first overall pick. I don't know that they're necessarily in any rush to win a bunch of games. On the line, like I said, Jets are a one-point dog in Washington. I'm going to take the Jets to win, so I'm going to take that single point. Total in the game set at 38.5 points. I've only got this thing capped at like a high 20 like maybe pushing into the 30s. So I feel really good about sticking on the under in this one. Let's stay under 38 and a half points in New York, Washington. We're going to go Jets 15, Washington 14, but the real losers are the fans. But now we're talking. Now we get to what I think is the game of the week. The Baltimore Ravens at home taking on the Houston Texans. Houston comes into the game off of their bye week, should be well, re relatively, should be relatively well rested. That was the thing I was trying to say, if words would work. Houston also leading that division at six and three, but they're only up by a game over the Colts and the Texans and only two games over Jacksonville. So that division, very, very hotly contested, still definitely up for grabs. Baltimore at 7-2, they are not running away with the AFC North, but another win, it's certainly going to start looking more and more like Baltimore is going to take down that division, especially given that they've won five consecutive games after starting the season 2-2. Two two. Houston, no slouches, winners of their last two. 
So this one, I guess, is the matchup where I put the analytics hat on at least for a second. This is two top five total offenses this season. Baltimore's the number two total offense in football. They're also the number one scoring offense in football. Houston, no slouch. They're the number four total offense. Neither one of these teams have great total defenses, but Baltimore has the edge here. They're the number 14 total defense in the NFL, whereas Houston only ranking in at number 19, due in no small part, I'm sure, to getting rid of Jadavian Clowney and then having the J.J. Watt injury. But I love this game because it's the quarterback matchup of the season so far. Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson. That is arguably the most exciting quarterback matchup that the NFL is capable of producing. Two young, athletic, crazy, talented quarterbacks. And I can't wait to see what these two teams do against, you know, middle-of-the-road defenses. While there hasn't been a ton of money to be made betting against either one of these teams this year, I think I got to go with the Ravens. That offense to me is undeniable. It starts with Lamar Jackson, but it doesn't end with Lamar Jackson. There's so many playmakers on that offense. It's been undeniable to me, and I think I got to take them here in a spot at home, finally taking a home team. We're going to take the Baltimore Ravens at home to hang a fourth loss on the Houston Texans, make things even more interesting inside that division on the line Houston four and a half point dogs in Baltimore taking on the Ravens and I'm actually going to hedge my bets in this one not only because I certainly see a path to Houston winning this game but the Texans are three and one against the spread away from home so they've only played four road games they've covered against the spread in three of them where Baltimore has only covered against the spread once at home this season so I think I got a hedge here. We're going to go with those trends. We're going to take the four and a half points on Houston. Total in the game set at 49 and a half points. I got this thing capped at like a low 60, like pushing a mid 60. Let's see some offensive fireworks in this bad boy. We are definitely going over 49 and a half points in Houston, Baltimore. Let's take Ravens 32, Houston 31. Let's go to San Francisco now. Niners are going to come into a division matchup on a short week with a bucket load of injuries as they play host to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Arizona's on the tail end of back-to-back road games coming off of a loss last week, but San Francisco potentially here has just been decimated by injuries. Niners also coming in off their first loss of the season, that Monday Night Football Classic against the Seattle Seahawks that came down to the dying seconds of overtime. Seattle walks off in that game. I believe it was 27-24. to San Francisco, absolutely nothing to hang their heads about in that game. That was such a good football game, and it took yet another Russell Wilson comeback for them to lose that game. Arizona 3-6-1, they're losers of three consecutive games, but they've at least looked decent in a number of them. Division matchup here, last 10 head-to-head, Arizona's won eight of them. Now remember, that's been a couple of decent Arizona football teams and a bunch of really bad 49ers teams. We're talking about the span of the last five years here. So don't get too crazy thrown off by the fact that Arizona has won eight of the last 10 head-to-head. They are, however, 7-3 and three against the spread, and that might be a little something else to take a peek at. Again, even though a couple of good Cardinals teams, a couple of real bad Niners teams, still 7-3 and three against the spread, that's a good number. This matchup also trending 6-4 and four towards the under. 
And like I talked about, take your pick with the 49ers in the injury bug. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, a rib injury that George Kittle played through last year. Uh, Joe Staley finally comes back for the first time in seven weeks, breaks his finger, may need to have surgery. I think he's seeking a second opinion. Matt Breda, that ankle is still injured. He is not healthy. Keep him on the sidelines. Ronald Blair in the secondary, torn ACL. He is done for the year and he's actually relatively high ranked on pro football focus. So that is certainly a loss for the Niners on the defensive side. And George Kittle didn't play last week. He's nursing multiple injuries. And uh, actually somebody writing for, I believe it was Forbes, uh, saying like, look, that game against Seattle made it painfully obvious that this Niners team is not winning the Super Bowl if these guys are not healthy. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Sanders, Staley, Breda and Kittle probably sit in this game, which surprises me when we're going to talk about the spread, but that's why so many people are looking at this like it's a trap game. I'm not quite willing to go so far as to say, oh, this is a trap game and I think Arizona is going to win. I realize these two teams played each other close earlier this season. I think it was 28-25, like, I mean, within three points. So, like, I get it. Arizona plays the Niners very well, but, I mean, the Niners... They've got to be too good to lose two straight games, don't they? Look, I'm going to trust what my eyes have told me this season. And what my eyes have told me is that this Niners team is really good. That defensive front is really good. I don't see Arizona having a ton of success moving the football in this game. You got to take the Niners to win. When we talk about the spread, I get it if you want to take Arizona against the spread. I'm going to take the Niners at home to beat Arizona. This is a game that the Niners cannot afford to lose on the line this matchup opened with the Niners as a full 14 point favorite and that line has since come down to 11 and a half it is still too many points for me I was kind of hoping to see this line fall enough that maybe it fell to single digits maybe I would take that but I mean 11 and a half points I think it's too many with all of those injuries and not expecting really any of them to play this week. So we're going to take those points and take Arizona plus 11.5. Total in the game set at 45.5 points. I think this is pretty well a perfect total, but I was still leaning towards the under, which I think I'm going to stick with. We're going to go under 45.5 points in Arizona, San Francisco. I'm going to take the Niners 27, Arizona 17. Because again... Back-to-back road games. Let's go to Philadelphia now, a game that I actually originally had in my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks and made a bit of an audible, which we'll talk about later. The Eagles are going to play host to the New England Patriots. Now, both of these teams come into the game off of their bye, so they should both be very well rested. And I'm hearing a lot of rhetoric in sports media about like, oh man, you know, the Patriots coming off the bye, you give Bill Belichick two full weeks to prepare for you. It's it's lights out. As a matter of fact, I think Pat McAfee made the spread in this game a uh, hammer. I think he hammered it. But I kind of went back and got some of the receipts in the last little while. And starting from the 2010 NFL season, the Patriots are only 6-3 and three straight up coming out of their bye. There's nothing wrong with that. But you would expect Bill Belichick and this coaching staff to be like 9-0 and coming out of their buys. They had a couple of difficult games in there, but still, it's the Patriots. You would have kind of expected them to be 9-0, and 8-1, something like that coming out of the bye in the last nine. It's only 6-3. and 
Patriots are 8 and 1 on the season. They're coming off of their first loss of the year. So they're 8 and 1. That was the loss against Baltimore. Philadelphia 5 and 4. They've kind of turned it on. They're they've won two straight games and they've put themselves back into the conversation for that division, the NFC East, right there tied with Dallas. And like I say, whoever doesn't get that division may not make the playoffs. This probably feels like a do or die football game for the Eagles. My problem is it also feels like a do or die game for the Patriots, not in terms of them making the playoffs or winning their division or whatever. Although, I mean, they're only two games ahead of Buffalo, so they do have to keep winning. But when you talk to Tom Brady or you hear Tom Brady talk and he talks about how like, I haven't forgotten that Super Bowl. It's like, well, you've won a Super Bowl since that Super Bowl loss to Philly happened. And he's still like, I haven't forgotten that Super Bowl. I still feel like a motivated Tom Brady is a terrifying Tom Brady, even though he hasn't had the stats this season that he has had in seasons past. I still like the Patriots here. I don't really have a huge backup for that. I just I just like the Patriots in this spot. We're going to go with New England. Let's take New England on the road in Philadelphia. What some people are calling an upset, even though the Patriots are favored. Let's take New England to beat the Eagles. On the line, Eagles are three and a half point dogs at home. I like the Patriots to win and three and a half points. It still just doesn't feel like a ton of points to lay. feels like a small price. So I think I'm going to take that. I'm going to lay those three and a half points. Take New England minus 3.5. Total in the game set at 44 and a half points. Pretty well a perfect total, but I did have a lean earlier towards the over. And I think I'm going to stick with that. Let's take over 44 and a half points. In Philadelphia, New England, we're going to go Patriots 30, Eagles 16. Let's go to Los Angeles now for two of the most frustratingly inconsistent football teams of my season anyway. The Los Angeles Rams playing host to the Chicago Bears. Now on Chicago's side of things, there is an injury to talk about. That is in the linebacking core. That's Danny Trevathan injuring his elbow it looked really gnarly like if you have a weak stomach don't look it up it seems likely to me that Danny Trevathan's headed to injured reserve which would end his season could potentially end his career as a bear if we're being perfectly honest which is a blow for that defense which is a huge problem even though they won last week which I said they would at four and five like this is still obviously a problem for the Bears if the aspiration is for the Bears to make the playoffs. And I think at the beginning of the season, you could have looked at this division with Green Bay, Minnesota, and Chicago and be like, man, three playoff teams could come out of that division. I think they have to win out. I think they're kind of in that Detroit, uh, Tampa Bay, Arizona territory, not in terms of the quality of the team, but like in terms of basically probably having to win out to make the playoffs. And if their defense has taken a hit, it's their defense that's going to win them football games. It's their defense that's going to cause them to win out. If that defense gets white hot, then I get it. But that's going to be a little more difficult to do now without Danny Trevathan. And then you look at the Rams, uh, a team that I think a lot of people looked at as even the favorite, even with how San Francisco improved and with Seattle right there. I mean, the Rams had to be looked at as the preseason favorite to win that division. Instead, they sit at five and four. They lost last week and they've been losing games that I don't feel like they should be losing for the quality of talent that's on their team. I'm going to be going with the Rams in this game, given that the game is in Los Angeles and the injury to Chicago's defense. But let me tell you something. If the Rams lose this game, 
I mean, fade him for the rest of the year, maybe? So we're going to take Los Angeles at home to beat Chicago. But on the line, we're going to be hedging our bets here. The Rams are six and a half point favorites at home against Chicago. I think that's too many points. I think this is going to be a low scoring football game. We've seen that the Chicago offense is not very good. So without a ton of points, I just think nearly a touchdown is too much. So we're going to hedge our bets. We're going to grab Chicago plus 6.5. Total in the game set at 41.5 points. I've only got this thing capped at like a low to mid 30. So I feel pretty good about staying under on 41.5 points. We're going to go under 41.5 in Chicago, Los Angeles. Let's take Rams 20, Bears 14. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into our platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 11 has a staying in Los Angeles, the Chargers on the long week playing host to division rival Kansas City on the tail end of back-to-back road games and coming off of last week's loss. This is another very interesting matchup to me because these are two more teams that like have been, for me anyway, frustratingly inconsistent. For the Chiefs, it's been mostly on the defensive side, although I don't think anyone can say that that offense is where they expected it to be uh, through 10 weeks. The Chargers just, I mean... I kind of tweeted it in anger last week, last week or the week before. If Bosa and Ingram are both in the lineup and 100% healthy, they can be world beaters. But if there's a problem or a limitation with either one of them, they suck. And it doesn't seem like there's anything in between. These two teams are mirrors of each other. KC is at six and four. The Chargers are at four and six, but basically, I mean, nobody is more than three games out of this division. I'm not going to say Denver has a chance to win the division, but I mean, the Chargers have a chance. The Raiders certainly have a chance because the Chiefs don't seem like they are what we thought they were. Obviously, division matchup, so we'll look at the last 10. Kansas City has dominated the last 10 head-to-head, 9-1 and one straight up, and they've covered 7 of the last 10 against the spread. This is another division matchup that has trended 6-4 and four towards the under. Here's my problem. This strikes me as a game that the Chiefs should win. Also strikes me as a game that the Chargers should lose. Therefore, I'm picking the Chargers to win. and I, I, you know what? I hate to be that person and I hate to be that jerk. That is it. I have no read on this Chargers team. I have no read on this Chiefs team. Patrick Mahomes came back and looked really good last week and they lost to a team that they're supposed to beat. This is another matchup where they should beat this team and I just feel like they're not gonna do it. I feel like this division is so tight now and with the Raiders coming on strong, Uh, boy, it's a game that the Chiefs should win. And I don't think they're going to. This obviously is my upset of the week. With the Chargers coming in on the long week, they had a little extra prep time, back-to-back road games for the Chiefs. I just think the Chargers win the game. So you know what? Sue me. It's an upset pick. I've made plenty of them before. I'm taking the Chargers at home to upset the Kansas City Chiefs. On the line, Chargers are four-point dogs at home. Like them to win. Going to take those four points. Go Chargers plus four. Total in the game set at 52 points. I've only got this game at like a high 40. I don't think it cracks 50. So we're going to stay under 52 points in Chargers Chiefs. We're going to go Chargers 25, Chiefs 23. 
All right, folks, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 11 in the NFL. We're going to start, as always, at the bottom with the bronze pick, where we are 4-6 and six straight up, only 2-8 and eight against the spread, and 3-7 and seven on the totals. Let's look to turn that around starting this week. We've got the Carolina Panthers at home taking on the Atlanta Falcons division matchup here. Falcons on the tail end of back-to-back road games coming off that win last week that not a lot of people expected them to have in New Orleans against the Saints, but the Falcons decimated by important injuries on the offensive side of the ball. In the last 10, Atlanta's found quite a bit of success against Carolina. By the way, Carolina's, like I mentioned, 5-4. and four. They're second in that division. They did lose last week. Atlanta only 2-7, and seven, but picked up that win against New Orleans. But in the last 10... Atlanta's won seven of those straight-up head-to-head matchups against Carolina. They've also covered against the spread six times in those 10 games. Also a very strong trend, 7-2-1 towards the under in these matchups. But like I said, and stop me if you've heard this one before, injuries may define the Atlanta Falcons' success this week. Uh, Devonta Freeman sprained his foot. This looks very much like a two- to three-week injury. I would not expect him to be playing this week. And then Austin Hooper, who has arguably been one of their best, if not their best, offensive playmaker, spraining his MCL He is seeking a second opinion, but he definitely will not play this week. And I mean, that seems like it should probably be a multi-week injury for Austin Hooper. Keep him out until he's 100%. Falcons are playing for nothing but pride, but I mean, if you look at the Carolina Panthers, I mean, this division is not out of reach. It's They're two games out. But they're against the Saints team that did lose last week and is, you know, suffering a an injury in their defense. So, I mean, this is certainly not over. And Carolina still probably looking at one of those wildcard spots and going, that's achievable for us. If that's going to be achievable for them, they absolutely 100% cannot lose this football game. And I don't think they're going to. I like Carolina at home to beat the Falcons. On the line, Carolina only a five and a half point favorite at home. It's under a touchdown. Atlanta has only covered one number in their five road games against the spread. I'm going to lay those points. We're going to take Carolina minus the five and a half points at home against Atlanta. Total in the game set at 49 and a half points. I think this is pretty well a perfect total. Kind of a coin flip for me, but I'm going to lean on that trend of seven unders in the last 10 head to head. We are going to stay under 49 and a half points in Atlanta, Carolina. Let's go Panthers 30, Falcons 17. Panthers straight up. We're going to hammer the Panthers minus five and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 49 and a half points. That is your bronze pick. My silver pick, my most successful pick on the season, I believe. Actually, no, that's a lie. It's no longer. So we got to we got to turn that back around for the sake of the silver pick. We're seven and three straight up and five and five against the spread and over under my silver pick sees a team that I never thought I would ever have in one of these picks in a positive light. It's the Oakland Raiders. Oakland coming in to this game on the long week. Off their victory over the Chargers last week. They now get to play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. And they get the opportunity to really showcase everything that they are capable of doing. Certainly as an offense. The Bengals are 0-9. 
They've lost 11 straight games dating back to last season. Raiders have won two straight. They're still in the mix of things in their division. One team wants to win football games. The other one doesn't really seem to want to. Although there is that question mark of A.J. Green. Like, you don't necessarily want to win games, but you want to get A.J. Green back on the football field. We thought it was going to happen last week. It didn't. Could it potentially happen this week? And if it does, I mean, it's Ryan Finley under center now. It's not Andy Dalton. It's not Dalton's favorite target. So it's you. do you have any rapport whatsoever between A.J. Green and Ryan Finley? That's a big question mark. Joe Mixon finally did something right in the game last week. 30 carries for 114 yards. He finally looked like Joe Mixon has looked. But Ryan Finley, who was only 16 of 30 for buck 67, a touchdown and a pick, he's not the answer under center. Andy Dalton was not the reason and is not the reason that the Cincinnati Bengals are 0-9. Nobody can play quarterback behind that line. Like I said, this is an opportunity for the Raiders to showcase anything and everything that they want to do on both sides of the football. I expect a massive game from Josh Jacobs. I like the Raiders here in a big, bad way. Let's take Oakland at home to beat Cincinnati. On the line, the Raiders are 10.5 point favorites. And I never thought I'd be saying this. It's completely justified with how the Raiders are playing right now. Back-to-back wins, they've looked better, certainly on the offensive side. The defense, I think, could still use a little work, but Cincinnati's not exactly going to press this Raiders defense and force them to have to be great. Ten and a half points to me is justified, so I think I gotta lay that. We're gonna lay ten and a half points on the Oakland Raiders. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. I've got this capped at kind of a low 50, so it's in this area, but I'm going to lean on my lean, which is towards the over. We're going to go over 48 and a half points in Oakland, Cincinnati. Let's go Raiders 32, Bengals 20. Raiders straight up. We are inexplicably hammering the Oakland Raiders minus 10 and a half against the spread in a game that goes over 48 and a half points. That is your silver pick. My gold pick where I'm 8-2 straight up, but only 2-8 and eight against the spread. For the love of God, let's change that. And 5-5 five and five on the totals. Sees the Buffalo Bills traveling to Miami to take on the Miami Dolphins. Bills on the tail end of back-to-back road games. They were losers last week. Another game that I thought Buffalo would win. And this is a division matchup, so two teams that know each other very well. Buffalo sitting at 6-3, and three, not out of things in terms of the division. They're two games back of the Patriots, and I mean, it's going to take a lot to catch New England, but it's not like they're completely out of it. Miami, 2-7, and seven, but their last two have both been victories. So, huzzah for the team that can't even tank right. Miami has gotten to 2-7. and seven. In the last 10, they found some success against the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's only 6-4 and four straight up, so that's almost even money. It's exactly even money against the spread at 5-5. Five and five. And this matchup actually trending 7-3 and three to the over. I mean, I don't think I have to tell you why, even though they're on back-to-back road games, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills in this game, do I? This is okay offense and really good defense against bad offense and bad defense that's just happened to win two straight games. The Miami Dolphins are not good enough to win three straight games. I didn't think they were good enough to win two straight games, so I guess I was proven wrong there. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to play with my house money here with the Dolphins and, uh, and take the Buffalo Bills. We're going to take Buffalo 
on the road in Miami. I don't think I need much more justification than that to beat the Dolphins. On the line, Bills are only five and a half point favorites on the road in Miami. It's under a touchdown. We're going to take that all day long. Even if this game ends 10-3, Buffalo covers that number. So we're going to go Buffalo minus 5.5. Total in the game set at 41 points. I've only got this thing at like a high 20, maybe pushing a 30. So you're going to give me a number of 41. I think I got to lean under on it. I don't know what I'm going to get from Miami on the defensive side. So we are going to stay under 41 points in Buffalo, Miami. Let's take Bills 26, and I'm going to give the Dolphins a field goal. Bills straight up. We're going to hammer the Bills minus five and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 41 points. That is your gold pick. And the platinum pick where I'm nine and one straight up, four and six against the spread, and three and seven on the total, sees the Minnesota Vikings, Geo's Minnesota Vikings, at home playing host to Billy B's Denver Broncos who come into the game off their bye. I mean, Denver not only comes into the game off their bye, but they come into the game off of a win. It was almost the worst time for Denver to have to take a bye week because they won the week before. You want to keep that momentum going. For the Minnesota Vikings, they did win last week as well. They are now 7-3. and three. They are a game behind Green Bay in the NFC North. And this is my primary reasoning for taking the Minnesota Vikings this week. Minnesota cannot afford to lose this game. They have their bye week coming up next week. They have to advantageize the fact that Green Bay is on their bye. They have to win this game and tie this division essentially, you know, 8 and 2 and 8 and 3. They got they got to pull even at 8 wins and then go on their bye week and hope that Green Bay loses that pivotal game next week that has been flexed to Sunday night football, Green Bay and San Francisco. If if all goes well for Minnesota, they win this week, Green Bay loses against San Francisco next week, and then all of a sudden it's 8-3, eight 8-3, and, three, eight and, three, and you're off to the races for the last four to five weeks of the season. Then it's just a track meet. Let's see who can get there. But Minnesota can't get to that point if they fall to 7-4. and four. Let's take the Vikings at home to beat Denver. Also worth pointing out, Minnesota has not lost at home yet this year. On the line, the Vikings are laying 10.5 points uh, as the favorite at home. This is kind of a lean for me, but I do think they cover that number. I don't think it sails on this number, but I think they cover it. Let's take the Vikings and lay the minus 10.5. Total in the game set at 40 points. I've only got this capped at like a mid to high 30, so it might push this number. Maybe we call this one a little bit of a lean, but I think I got to stick under on it. We're going to go under 40 points in Minnesota, Denver. Let's take Vikings 24, Broncos 13. Vikings straight up. We're going to hammer the Vikings minus 10 and a half against the spread in a game that stays under 40 points. That is your platinum pick. Folks, if you came back after last week's debacle, I truly, truly thank you. Those are the picks for week 11, and it is time now for the patented comment of the week. The comment of the week from the week 10 video goes to my good friend Martin, West Coast Martin, if you will. Obviously, one of my, one of my favorite people in the community. Martin's comment from week 10 said, From week 9, I was having second thoughts about picking Miami over the Jets because Gase is now coaching the Jets. Glad I kept my pick. Week 10, I like Bruce Arians getting revenge over his old Cardinals, which in fact he did as the Bucks won that game. Catch you in the Yahoo Pick'em Leagues. Thank you very much, Martin. Yours is the comment of the week from the Week 10 video. 
There you go, folks. Week 11 episode is now in the books. Thank you very much. If you came back after last week's debacle, I appreciate it very much. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by my incredible friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Good luck to your picks this week. I hope you enjoyed the games last week. Hope you enjoy them this week. Hope you enjoyed the CFL playoff games from last week. Now, the East and West Division Finals video is going to take place on Friday. I've pushed that ahead a little bit because this is just a really hectic and chaotic week. In fact, today is my last day off until uh, next Tuesday. So, you know, we got a, I got a little bit of a stretch here at work. So I appreciate you sticking with me and your acceptance and patience. As always, enjoy the games in Week 11. We'll see you again in Week 12. Thank you.